Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Verse number 19, Psalms 118, and then in that 19th verse, the writer of this psalm speaks from his own feelings. He says, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go in unto them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter, I'll praise thee, for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Save now. I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. And then he closes with this command, buying the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. And I preached for a little while this morning from this subject, turning palm branches into cords. Turning palm branches into cords. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would take that which you have deposited in our heart and help us in the next few moments to break the bread of life. I'm asking you, Lord, for your sweet presence and your anointing in this house. Dear God, that we would receive your word and it would do its intended work in our life and in our spirits. In Jesus' precious name, we pray, would you lift your voice and your hands to the Lord one more time, and would you just out of an expression of praise, give to Him great adoration here today. I thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Can we do that joyfully unto the Lord? Can we do that with all our heart? All our heart unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And you may be seated. God bless you. Passover marked a very climatic as well as dramatic conclusion to Israel's 430 years in Egyptian bondage. It was on this night that the Israelites' homes were spared the judgment of God by a simple obedience to a command. He simply told them in the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus in verse number 22, just take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood that is in the basin, strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of this house until the morning. For this is what will happen. The Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord's going to pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in into your houses to smite you. And on that night, the death angel passed over Egypt and he passed over the houses of all of the nation of Israel. 
that it simply obeyed a command to take the blood of the Lamb and apply it to the doorpost of their homes. This moment was monumental. This moment was pivotal for the nation of Israel. This moment would change them forever. In fact, it was this night when they obeyed the command to put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel passed over that their time reckonings was changed. For the Lord said that this night would become the beginning of months for you. It would be the first of your year. It not only changed their time reckonings, it changed their physical status as of this Passover night. They would no longer be slaves, but they would forever be free people. For the Lord said, remember when I brought you out from Egypt and I brought you out from the house of bondage. But not only did it change their time reckonings, not only did it change their physical status, but it marked the beginning of a spiritual journey that they were to embark on. The Lord told them, when I bore you on angels' wings, He said, I brought you unto myself. This night was not a night that was inconsequential. It was not a night that was just to be passed over and to lack meaning or significance or importance. Rather, this night held tremendous value and importance and significance so much so that in the command of how to administer the Passover, it was also given to them the command to observe the Passover from year to year. He told them in Exodus chapter 12, verse number 14, that this day is going to be a day unto you that's a memorial. You're going to keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. And you're going to keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever. Verse 42, he said, it's a night to be much observed unto the Lord, the bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. In other words, Israel, don't forget this night. Observe it every year. Make sure you remember the moment when that death angel passed over. The reason the death angel passed over was because the blood had been applied to the doorpost. Remember that this night you came out of Egypt and you begin your journey toward God's divine promise. Understand that that Old Testament rite of Passover finds its fulfillment in Christ Himself, for Paul says in the book of Corinthians that Christ that is sacrificed for us now has become our Passover. And indeed, John did introduce Christ as the Lamb that would take away the sin of of the world. Understand that this moment that when Christ came and became our forever sacrifice, our eternal sacrifice, that it had great 
consequences upon not only the moment, but upon the future. Paul said, not only had it changed our time reckonings, for when the Lamb was born, we went from B.C. to A.D., but it changed our entire status in life. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 and 19 that you're no more strangers, but you're fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. That's all because of the Lamb that was slain upon the cross of Calvary. Not only did it change our status, but it gave us access. For the writer will write in Hebrews 4 and 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Not only did it change my status and made me a part of the house of God, not only did it change my access and give me privilege of coming to the Lord, but it provides me an inheritance that otherwise could not have been provided. For he writes in Romans 8 and 16 that we're children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, all of this is afforded to you and I because the Lamb of God was offered as our sacrifice upon Calvary. It's not something that is without significance value or importance. That's the reason why on that final night, that last supper as we often call it when Christ joined together with His disciples in that last Passover meal before Calvary, He takes the cup in His hand and He takes the bread in His hand and He said, now this has significance to you and this has importance to you and He tells them in Luke 22 and 19 this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me and Paul will say when talking about that communion meal he will say that every time I partake of it I do show the Lord's death on Till He comes. May I say to you that we would be in error today if we would ever think of forgetting what the what He accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. We would be in error today if we would forget what He purchased for us when He spread out His arms upon those horizontal and perpendicular bars. We would be in error today if we would ever forget that it was by His stripes we are healed and by His sacrifice He bore our griefs and our sorrows and He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and Paul said in that moment when he hung suspended upon the cross he spoiled principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly triumphing over them may I say to you today the cross was not just a little thing that happened somewhere in yesterday it was not a little scrap of history that we dig up ever now and again but that thing that happened at the cross of Calvary has consequences on us today. And every time we lift our hands to heaven and tilt our face back toward the Lord, we are remembering that the only reason I have what I have today is 
because of the cross of Calvary and the blood that was shed and the life that was given and the sacrifice that was made for me. I did not get here by myself. I did not pull myself up by my bootstraps. I did not dig myself out of the pit that I had fallen into. I did not claw my way out of the miry clay. But hear me on this Sunday morning. The only reason I stand able to rejoice is because there was a sacrifice at the cross of Calvary. For that we ought to give Him praise. I don't know if you understand it or not, but what we came today was to celebrate the cross. We don't just celebrate it on Christmas and Easter. The reason we came today is we are in celebration of a lamb that was offered for us and its blood has washed me of all of my sins. And so the Passover became a yearly process that was done again and again and again. Every year, there was the formality of the process that had to be carried out. Daddy would leave the house. He would go to the fold. He would find that lamb that met the qualifications that Moses had given in that 12th chapter of the book of Exodus. He would search the lamb over carefully to make sure there was no blemish or no spot that its feet was not crooked, that everything was right about the lamb. And then he would shut it up and he would watch that lamb over a period of time to make sure that it indeed was the perfect spotless lamb. And then the formality of slaying the lamb, pouring that blood out, roasting that lamb, and then the preparation of the meal. It was a long, drawn-out process that was done year after year after year after year. In fact, it was done for so many years that now generations that could recall and knew of that night when the death angel passed over and they were spared because the blood was placed upon the door. Now there are generations that are observing this Passover meal that cannot recall that night. They were not there. They were not a part of the process. They only know what mom and dads told them. That the only reason we're not slaves today, the only reason we're not in bondage, is because that there was a lamb that was slain and its blood was put on our doorpost and the death angel passed over. And so he said, I want you to make sure that you tell the story. Exodus 12 and 24. He said, you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee, to thy sons forever. It shall come to pass that when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you according to that which He's promised, that you'll keep this service. And it's going to come to pass when your children say, what are we doing this for, Dad? Mom, we do this every year. Why? 
Why do we do this? Why do we go through this formality of this Passover meal choosing this lamb? Dad shuts it up. He watches it carefully. He slays it. Pours the blood out. The meal is prepared. What? Why do we do this? He said, you tell them it's the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when He smote the Egyptians and delivered our house. And so far flung generations now are going through the process of Passover. Children have been born. Generations have come and gone. Passover rolls around. It's time to go find the lamb. It's time to make the meal. It's time to go through the process. And after a while, year after year after year after year after year after year, you could do it blindfolded. You could, you could almost do it without thinking about it. You just knew the track from the house to the fold. You just almost could, with your eyes shut, you could clean the house of leaven and make sure that it was, it was without any of the impurities and, and the bread could be baked and, and the meal could be prepared. You no longer needed the recipe hanging on the, the cabinet shelf. It was, it was there. It had been forever imprinted upon the mind year after year after year after year. Now, this marvelous and magnificent moment that's to commemorate deliverance, that's to commemorate a time of departure from bondage to freedom now becomes nothing, nothing more than ritualism. In fact, the ritual of Passover, the preparation for it now becomes a ritual within itself. You understand that rituals in and of themselves may not be bad except that oftentimes rituals being a repeated pattern over and over and over and over again sometimes can lose their significance. They can lose their meaning. It can lose its value. You understand that, that a ritual is really a rut. And a rut is no different than a grave except that it's just deeper and longer. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a state of ritualism. We can find ourselves dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, doing everything as it is supposed to be done. But we are absent mentally and we are absent with our heart. And we're absent with our soul and our mind. We just simply go through this function again and again and again and again. It's what will happen in later years in the generations of Israel. And the prophets will accuse them of it because their worship became nothing more than empty ritualism. While they did everything correctly, while they did everything the way it was to be done, it did not have their heart attached to it. So the prophet Isaiah will write in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse Verse number 11, he'll say, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? He said, I, I'm full of your burnt offerings and your rams and the fat of your fed beast. I delight not in the blood of bullocks and lambs and goats. He said, When you come to appear before me, who's required this of your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incense, 
is an abomination to me. Your new moons, your Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. He said, I, I cannot, I cannot away with. It's iniquity. Even the solemn meeting, your new moons, your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They're troubling to me. I'm weary to bear them. You understand, ritualism is the curse of relationship and it's the extinguisher of true rejoicing. I can do it, but my heart's not in it. I could do it, but my mind's not in it. I, I can perform the task, but it's just not there. Has anybody anybody started out in a car? I, I find myself it's not because in, in, in 28 days that my calendar changes either. Uh, but I find myself more often than not uh, uh, starting out driving. And uh, as I drive, I'll well, be well down the road and I'll think to myself, what in the world? Where am I at? What am I doing here? That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be, but I, 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 I was driving. It was in gear. Oh, stay off the road. It, 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 it was in gear. I, I, I was navigating. I was staying in the lane. But my brain was someplace else. I've learned to drive. And I've learned to drive so well, I can almost do it blindfolded. I might as well have been on some of those days because I didn't know how I got where I ended up. Because I, 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 I've just learned there's certain things you do. There's certain ways you hold the wheel. There, there's certain ways you drive. And so I've learned the process, but I really wasn't connected to what I was doing. I was unaware of my surroundings. And so worship oftentimes becomes nothing more than ritualism to where we come and we go through motions and formations and we lift hands and we say amens and hallelujahs and praise the Lord's and, and we clap and we, we go through our little, little process and it's a right process. It's a correct process. There's nothing wrong with the process. But, but ritualism has extinguished real rejoicing and ritualism has stolen just a real experience from God and sometimes we walk away and we wonder, I didn't get a thing out of that. There wasn't a thing. I didn't get one thing out of that service. I did, it didn't bless me. It didn't feed me. I, I, I don't feel any better walking out than I did when I walked in. Well, let me just tell you something, honey. It has nothing to do with anybody but ourselves. Because oftentimes, we plug ourselves in through ritualism, but we never plug our heart into the process Oh, He died on Calvary for my sins. He gave His life that I might be pardoned. He shed His blood that I might be free. I can't just approach it with a mundane attitude. i got to come realizing that this is a moment to mark. This is something to give honor to. This is a place to really rejoice. Is anybody glad you're redeemed in the house today? And so whoever was the author of the 113th to the 118th Psalm, oftentimes called the Hillel Psalms, Egyptian Hillel Psalms, for the authors of those, some feel they may have, it may have been David. Others feel that it may have been other authors. But 
regardless of who authored those five chapters. They were written long after the institution of Passover. They were written long after that night of exodus from Egypt on their pathway to the promised land. They were written, and those five chapters tell a story about their journey from Egypt to the promised land. It encourages them in those chapters to remember their past life and to give God praise and that the only reason why that they have what they have today it's because that God has brought them out. And so in those five chapters 113 to 118 again and again it is expressed and oftentimes it talks about situations and circumstances that are in the present moment and it is regarded as that if God got me out of Egypt God can get me out of this and we ought to give God praise and rejoicing for this and so these five psalms now are incorporated into the Passover process they're now incorporated into this entire yearly activity somebody has taken these five psalms and they've set it to a little music and somebody knows how to strum the strings of the harp and they know how to, to sing these verses that have now been written and so they begin to sing these psalms with the Passover. It, it, it appears to me that there may have been an attempt to rescue Passover from its dullness Rescue Passover from its mundane condition. It appears that it may have been a process in which that we need to kind of liven this thing up. Generations are far removed now, and, and just, just a meal is not cutting it anymore. Just, just going out and getting the lamb and, 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 the, and the meal that's made and, and, and this evening together, it's, it's just not getting the job done. We need to add a little life to it. So somebody come along and they wrote those five psalms to remind them why we're doing this. Why we're sitting here. And so now we got a little music involved. And we're going to stir the emotions a little bit with a little music. And we're going to get some folks a little excited about Passover. Because now it's got a little life to it. It's not mom and daddy's old Passover anymore. It's, it, it, it's, got, it's got a little generational touch to it. It's got a little, got a little flair. And it maybe, maybe, just maybe, we might be able to pull Passover out of the, out of the doldrums. We might just be able to pull Passover out of this mundane yearly event if somebody could just sing a little bit. If somebody could just put a little song to the process. And even Jesus at that last Passover, Scripture tells us that when they, they left after they had sung a hymn, and He undoubtedly must have sung one of these chapters of Psalms 113 to 118 as He departed that Passover meal because these songs have now become part of this Passover process. And so He picks up and He sings it. But evidently, evidently, it just wasn't getting the job done. 
Evidently, Passover was not being revived with just a song. It wasn't being revived with just a little flare. It wasn't being revived with just maybe a little extra activity going on. So the psalmist, as he comes to this 118th chapter of the book of Psalms, he opens the Psalms with an encouragement. It's almost as if he's trying to get everybody on board. Because these chapters are designated to Passover. They're designated to this moment of celebrating this departure from Egypt, this coming in to God's promised place. And so he opens it in Psalms 118. And it's, it's almost like I can kind of relate sometimes. Let Israel now say, let His mercy endure forever. Let the house of Aaron say that His mercy endureth forever. Let them that fear the Lord say that His mercy endureth forever. You can see the psalmist, they've gathered now for Passover, saying, come on, come on Israel. Come on Israel, come on house of Aaron. Come on now everyone. Let everybody say His mercy endureth forever. Come on, everybody. Let's, let's rejoice now. Let's everybody lift our hands. Let's everybody open our mouth now. Let's everybody tilt our face back toward the Lord. And let's shout to the Lord with the voice. With the voice of triumph. Come on now. It's Passover. We're commemorating. We're commemorating departure. We're commemorating that, that blood that got us out. Let everybody, let everybody now come along now. And let's, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord now, everybody. It was His cross. It was His blood. It was His name. It, it, he brought us a mighty long way. He got us out of a miry clay. He brought brought us out of a deep pit. He set our feet on a solid rock to stay. Can somebody just shout a little bit to Him? Can somebody just magnify the Lord a little bit? Can somebody just give Him a little praise? <laughs> but evidently, the psalmist wasn't getting the response that he wanted. Evidently, he decided, you know what? If nobody else is going to get with this, I am. If nobody else is going to become part of it in commemorating this moment, this turning point in history, not only physically, but spiritually. He said, I, I'm just going to step into this thing. And so he says in Psalms 118, in verse number 19, he says, Open to me, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. If, if David indeed was in this 118th chapter, many feel that David did write this 118th chapter. And if he did, David has a good grasp on the past and understands that his past always affects his present and his present affects his future. It was David who said, it was the Lord that called me 
from Bethlehem's paddocks and brought me and set me in the palace. It was God that got me here. So I cannot forget what the Lord has done. So he said, I tell you what, just open up the doors. I'll come in. I will praise the Lord. For he says in that 21st verse, I will praise thee. Watch now. For thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. Watch. He's got a grasp on the past and he's got a grip on the future. Thou hast heard. Past. Thou hast. Thou hast. One thing I'm here for is because what God has done. The reason I'm here is because what he has accomplished. Thou hast heard me. But now he steps to the future and he says, and thou art become my salvation. Uh, he said, not only do I have the past to commemorate that we are so celebrating in, if it does not have a past and it does not have a future, it'll fall into ritualism. It'll fall into formality. The only way I stay attached is I got to know what he has done and what he will do. That's why you got to keep your arms out. I said, that's why you got to keep your arms out. That's why you got to stay attached. You see, for the past to have meaning, the past has got to produce a future. And for too many, our past has never produced a future. And for our future to have meaning, it's got to have life breathed into it from the past. If you have no past or you have no future, then you only have a present. And if you only have a present, you'll build a golden calf, which is the making of your own religion. Because a calf cannot, does not have a past and it does not have a future. It can only rejoice about the present. It can only rejoice over the moment. And so if I don't keep myself tethered to my past of what He has done and to my future of what He will do, I will build my own religion. I will build my own worship. I will build my own response to God. And I'll call it a holy thing, but it'll have no past, it'll have no future, and it can do nothing to alleviate my moment. Oh, friend, somewhere I got to understand there was a cross that saved me, and I got a future that's before me that God has designed and destined. <laughs> See, the psalmist was prophetic in his worship because worship for him was not just about the present. It was about the past and it was about the future. Watch him now as he comes into the house of worship. As he comes in trying to breathe life into an annual event. Trying to breathe life into something that's been repeated again and again and again. He comes in now holding to his past and his future. And he says in verse 22, The stone which the builders refused. It's become the headstone of the corner. He said, this is the Lord's doings. It's marvelous in our eyes. He said, I don't know what you see when you come into worship. But he said, I see something that's not just about my past. I see something 
that's about my future. Friend, your worship will get stale if it has no projection of the future. If it sees nothing on the horizon, if it sees nothing before you, your worship will become stale and dead and dry. But he said, oh, this is the day which the Lord hath made. He wasn't talking about his present. He was talking about that future day that the Lord hath made. And he said, I'm not even there yet, but in this moment I'm in right now, I can go ahead and rejoice in this day. If you want to breathe life into your worship, you ought to get your mind wrapped around of where God's taking you, what He wants to do for you, how He's going to bless and provide. And if you can get your mind wrapped around that, I can go ahead and rejoice because that's a day that He's made. Somebody clap your hands and shout now. It's Passover. Somebody say it's Passover. It's Passover. They're commemorating a yearly deal. But this psalmist is getting a revelation. He's getting an understanding. You see, our worship, our worship has got to be something that enlightens us. Our worship has got to be something that that brings new things into us. Our worship becomes an access. It becomes a channel through which God begins to deposit stuff. So here he is now. He's coming in and he's worshiping. And he starts seeing while he's worshiping. He starts seeing a prophetic event out here on the horizon. And he sees what we now know as the triumphal entry. And in his psalm, he speaks of it in verse number 26. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Hmm. He said, I said, it's now not just about the present. I'm now not just commemorating the past, but he's seeing something prophetically. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So on that day, centuries later, he comes riding in on a donkey. And as he comes riding into the gates of Jerusalem on a donkey, John 12 and 13 says, they took palm branches and they went forth to meet him. And they cried, Hosanna! Blessed is he! They didn't even understand. But they were, they were fulfilling a past worshiper's experience when they started shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And they start taking those, those palm branches and they start waving them before God. What they didn't know is they had an ancestor way back here on a day called Passover that had already seen that day because he had got somewhere connected with God and in his worship he had received things from the Lord that could not be given to him in any other way. And now on the streets of Jerusalem they're beginning to cut the palm branches off the trees and they're starting to wave them. Before God, I wish I would have brought something. I wish I would have done it. Uh, right here. Here we go. Here we go. It's not much of a palm branch, but we'll do it, okay? And he starts waving them. They start waving them before the Lord. I mean, they, they, got, they got folks waving palm branches. They got folks waving palm branches. I mean, there's folks waving palm branches all over. They, they're just waving palm branches. Come on, get you a palm branch. Get you a palm branch. Just get you a palm branch. 
There you go. Just get a palm branch. Need a palm branch. Got to have a palm branch. My goodness, there you go. Come on, everybody. All the kids have got to have palm branches. There you go. All the kids have got to have palm branches. There you go. Just got to get these palm branches. You just got to start waving them before the Lord. Just got to start waving them out before God. There you go. Just got to start waving these palm branches. That's all right. If you drop them, there's another one. It's okay. Sorry, just got to start waving these palm branches before the Lord. Waving all of these palm branches. Got to wave them. Come on, the Lord's coming now. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. I said, the Lord's coming. Somebody needs to welcome him in the house. Somebody's got to welcome him in the house. Come on. We're waving the palm branches. There you go. Come on. We've got to wave. Got to wave those palm branches. Got to get those palm branches. There you go. Come on. Got to go wave the palm branches for the Lord. Got to get those palm branches up, up to God. Hallelujah. Here he comes. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that cometh. Come on now. We're waving the palm branches. Hallelujah. Somebody say it now. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that cometh. Woo! Blessed is he that... Did you know it was a worshiper that saw that before it ever happened? It was a worshiper on an annual feast day that saw it before it ever happened. what you could hear if you started worshiping. I wonder what you could see if you started worshiping. I wonder what you could receive if you just started worshiping. another Sunday. I said, this isn't another Sunday. We're just not going to do what we've always done. We're going to hear something. We're going to receive something. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. I got a past he brought me out but I got a future he's going to bring me in stand with me stand with me The psalmist sees it now. He sees, he sees the branches being waved. But he's concerned. He's concerned because this day is noted. This day is noted for the graveyard of those who wish only become ritualistic. He knows that this day is the burying ground of worshipers who never get beyond the present. He's concerned now. He sees the palm branches. But he has one last command. 
He says it in verse number 7. God is the Lord. Or verse number 27. God is the Lord which hath showed us. Here it is now. Bind, bind the sacrifice. Bind the sacrifice. That word sacrifice is the Hebrew word chad. That literally means festivity. Festival. Some have translated as festival sacrifice. But it had to do with the festivity. Bind the festivity. Bind the festival sacrifice. Bind it with cords to the horns of the altar. Because you see, those cords now were important. Because these wasn't just run-of-the-mill, hardware-style cords. You didn't just pick these up at Walmart. You didn't just find these at the local yard sale. These cords were important. They had been specifically and very tediously made. Because the cords were made from the stem of the palm branch. They would take the palm branch and they begin to break its fibers apart. Strand by strand. And then they would take and they would begin to weave the, the strands of the palm branch together. And as they would weave the strands of the palm branch together, they would make a cord out of the stem of that palm branch. And that became what tied the sacrifice to the altar while it was waiting to be offered was what had been made out of their palm branch has now become the cord that ties them to the altar. What the psalmist is saying is this. He said, I see a lot of palm branches. I see a lot of palm branches. I see it. I see it. He says it in verse 26. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you. We have blessed you out of the house of God. Remember that, that mob of worshipers at, in Jerusalem on that triumphal entry? Remember? Hosanna! 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 Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Hosanna! But only a few days later, the same mob is crying, Crucify! 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 Because the palm branches never got made into cords. They never got tied to the sacrifice. They was only involved in the festival. But they never got the festival tied to the reason for the festival. Therefore, they're hollering, crucify the Lord. A few days later, may I say to the sweet congregation, on this Sunday morning, there's nobody, there's nobody that likes to worship any more than I do. There's nobody that likes to praise God any more than I like to praise Him. I don't want dead, dry, plucked up by the roots church. I want church that's got life to it. I want us to dance. I want us to worship. I want us to rejoice. I don't mind all running. I don't mind dancing in the Spirit. I don't mind all that stuff we do in the Pentecostal movement. It's right. But somewhere, somewhere our palm branches has got to be made into a cord so that when we walk out the doors... We're tied. We're tied to the sacrifice. 
We're tied to the reason for it all. That's the reason why. That's the reason why you can have worshipers walk into church and they can worship and they can dust the ceiling with their socks, do handstands and backflips and all kinds of calisthenics. And then they walk out. And when they walk out, they, they, they fornicate, they commit adultery. They live in all kinds of ungodliness and unrighteousness. How can they wave palm branches one moment and walk out and live ungodly? It's because they've never taken the palm branch and made it into a cord where they got tied to the sacrifice. Because honey, when I walk out of here, it's not just about what I did in this house. It's about what I'm going to do on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and on Saturday. I'm tied to Him. I got to take it. I got to take, take my palm branch now. I've welcomed Him. I've welcomed Him into the house. It was a joyous moment, him coming in. I'm so glad I got to be a part of this day. I'm so glad I got to be a part of this festivity. I'm so glad I got to be here with all of you. I'm so glad I got to be a part of all of this. But I'm going to take this palm branch of rejoicing. And I'm going to take this palm branch of worship. And i tell you what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to weave it together into a rope. I'm going to fashion it into something strong that will hold on, that I can tie. I'm going to bring that palm branch. Because you see, I'm not just tied to Him in the emotion of the moment. I'm tied to Him in my consecration. I'm tied to Him in my dedication. I'm tied to Him. I'm tied to Him in my relationship. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to find me on Monday. You're going to find me tethered to the altar. You're going to find me on Tuesday tethered to the altar. You're going to find me on Thursday. I'll be in the house of God Wednesday, but on Thursday, I'm going to be tethered to the altar. On Friday, I'm going to be tethered to the altar. On Saturday, I'm going to be tethered to the altar because this isn't just about a feast day. This isn't just about commemorating something of yesterday. This is about getting tied to Him who's my salvation. Would somebody take your palm branch? Would you make it a rope? And would you tie yourself would you fetter yourself? Would you tether yourself to Him? Could every young man, young lady across this congregation, every mom, every dad across this building, I've come for a day of worship. It's Sunday. We've waved the palm branches. We've waved our hands in rejoicing. But I've got to leave here. I've got to step out of the house of God. I've got to step into the real world. This isn't just about the festival of the moment. This, my friend, is about being tied to my Savior again and again and again. Would somebody reach your hands upward now? And as it were, Jesus Christ is our altar. The altar is not a thing. The altar is not a place. 
The altar is a person. The writer of Hebrews says that He is our altar. And I'm tethered to Him. I'm tied to Him. I'm given to Him. Let us now go outside of the gate. It's one thing to stay inside the gate and worship, but it's another thing to go outside the gate and be tied to the cross of Calvary. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord. I feel a deep moving of the Holy Ghost. I could have stopped a while ago. I could have stopped just a few minutes ago and this thing would have taken off. But I didn't feel it in the Holy Ghost because somebody needs to leave this building today. Not just with a palm branch. You need to leave here tied to Jesus Christ your Savior. You need to leave here tethered to Him who's our help and who's our anchor. We need to be tied to Him who is the one who holds us. Somebody wrap your arms around him now. Come on, Mama. Come on, Daddy. Come on. Why don't you just come on now? Why don't you tie yourself now? Take that worship. Take that palm branch. Make a cord out of it. Let there be some connection between you and God. You're tied to Him inseparably. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. In the name of the Lord, I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning. If there's anyone in this building, you just feel a passion and a hunger and a thirst to take your palm branch today and make a cord out of it and tie yourself to Him. I'm inviting you just to move from where you're at now down this aisle toward this place of prayer. Somebody tether yourself to Him now because you're going to need Him tomorrow. Somebody go ahead and tether yourself to Him because you're going to need Him Tuesday. Come on, you're going to need Him Wednesday. This isn't just about the day. This isn't just about what we're commemorating right now. This isn't just about our moment of rejoicing at the moment. This is about tying ourselves. This is about tying ourselves to Him. This is about tying ourselves. That's it, young people. Come on. Let's tether ourselves. That's it, mom and dad. Come on, let's tie ourselves to Him. It's Him. To Him. If you're here in the building today and you've never repented of your sins, this is a great moment for God to step in in your prayer of repentance and just give your heart to Him and your life to Him. He wants you tied to Him today. There's room here. There's room here. There's plenty of room to come tie yourself tether yourself to Him. Hallelujah. 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 That's it now. That's it. That's it. Let those tears flow. Come on. Let those tears flow. It's not just about the day. It's not just about the Passover. It's not just about the moment. It's about being tied to Him. Forever connected. There you go now. There you go. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Somebody make a consecration to Him. Somebody make a dedication to Him. Oh, that's it. God, when I leave this day of rejoicing, 
when I leave the stand of rejoicing, I'm going to be tied to you. I'm going to be tethered to you. I'm going to be connected to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Just go ahead and pour your heart out. Just go ahead and pour your heart out. Go ahead and pour your soul out to the Lord. Empty your mind, your life. Hallelujah. 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 have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located at 3221 North Porter Avenue in Norman, Oklahoma. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.apostolicworship.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or you can email us at info at apostolicworship.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.